welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, we've got a really interesting topic. It's all about what is a narcissist and a sociopath anyway. And I've really got a fantastic expert. She's a returning guest. Her name is Rihanna Milne, and she is a life, love, mindset and recovery coach. So welcome, Rihanna. Thank you, Lynn. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So start us off, Rihanna. Um, Do you have any specific definitions as to what is a narcissist? And, socio- and sociopath and what those differences are. Well, that's a half hour answer, Lynn. <laughs> that's what we're going over all this today. It's not one quick question and answer, right? So no. it, it's a lot to think about. Like a lot of people are very confused about what it is and what the differences are. So let's start with where do they come from anyway, right? How do people become this? They're certainly not born a narcissist or a sociopath. So way back in the beginning, that takes us back to the whole childhood trauma piece that I talked about on your show when I was on before, right? About childhood trauma, how it impacts us in life, love, and business. So the problem is when the childhood traumas are so severe, And there's many of them. I named the top 10. So let's say somebody has nine or 10 of the top childhood traumas. And then the severity levels are usually nine to tens also. And the children grow up with this normalized behavior of what's right and wrong. And a lot of it is wrong. It's a very, you know, a lot of toxic dysfunctional homes or relationships or alcoholic households where there's a lot of yelling and screaming and abuse, whether it's emotional, financial, verbal, physical abuse, you know, Um, and then the the child becomes maladaptive, right? So um, this is the beginning of the forming of the narcissist and the sociopath um, and the psychopath. So let's go into um, what they mean. So some signs of the narcissist, that's one step lower than the sociopath. And two steps low in entity of the psychopath. The psychopath is the worst. The psychopath is basically a sociopath who kills. So that's the extreme of the psychopath is the worst. So let's go into what the narcissist is. They definitely seek admiration as a sense of entitlement. They hate rules. And they're often really preoccupied with power, like the fantasies of this grand lifestyle, success, ideal love or beauty. So if anyone ever marries a narcissist, these are, let's just say the men who pick apart a woman. She's never dressed enough, uh, right enough. You know, she's not thin enough. She's not pretty enough. It's like he wants this ideal vision of this trophy wife. So it's a very hard partner to stay married to. And then they're also someone that would take advantage of others for their own gain. 
Um, they're often jealous and controlling because they don't want anyone else to have that lifestyle. They usually marry into lifestyle. And they lack empathy towards another's pain. Like these people will not apologize. You'll never hear, I'm sorry. And a lot of people, when they come to me out of toxic relationships, they're like, I just wanted him to apologize. I said, you can't wait for that. He's a sociopath or he's a narcissist. You know, they will not apologize. They blame everyone else for their misfortune. And they are very selfish, materialistic, and they only worry about themselves. So that's the sign of the narcissist. Now, the sociopath is all that and more. Okay, so we take the basis of the narcissist and then we go to the sociopath, which is the next one worse. Okay, so I describe the sociopath as someone uses uses people for pleasure, profit, or lifestyle advancement. So I often see women, my clients, who women who are successful in business but struggle in love. And they're marrying these sociopaths who play the game of this perfect boyfriend usually wanting a fast engagement in marriage. Uh, they're usually marrying up. In other words, the woman makes more money. She has a grander house, the better lifestyle. So he is measuring up. And, um, you know, he's doing it for this grand lifestyle. So he will manipulate and make himself look like the perfect boyfriend. But they're really a con artist. They're devious. They're cunning. And then that once they've got you or you're married, now this is where... The cruel side comes out. And again, they're jealous and controlling because they don't want anyone to have the great fortune they just married into. So they will try to isolate that partner from friends and family who will say, we don't like him. We think he's using you. We think he's not good enough for you. These are some of the things you'll hear. So he tries to isolate you from friends and family. And again, the sociopaths want perfection from their mate. They're very impulsive and they're prone to several addictions like alcohol, definitely sex. They tend to be cheaters, um, using pills, cocaine, anything for the party lifestyle. Um, they can be ruthless and emotionless, no remorse for their actions. Again, they're not going to apologize. Uh, they can be very moody, difficult and demanding. And they lack a conscience about hurting anyone else because it's all about them. And that's what's sad, you know, because so many nice people get hurt by a sociopath that initially seems like this great partner. You know, some signs of him might be they love bomb them. You know, they're a perfect partner. Um, there is a series out called Dirty John. I don't know if you've seen it. No. And it's like a, oh, it's a three-part, yeah, it's a three-part movie based on a real life character. And um, he lived in the dump trailer and he targets this beautiful, loving mother, hardworking architect, Christian based woman, very kind, very sweet. And he just becomes the perfect boyfriend. And he lies about who he is. He lies about his position. He has a couple, you know, great looking clothes that he takes her out and pretends he's this incredible guy, makes her fall for him. And this is, you know, where this uh, um, pretense comes from. You know, they crave money, status, power, and they'll use anyone to get it. So in that story, they did marry within three months. The kids did not like him. Very often kids can see through these kinds of people. 
I think kids are really smart and astute. So I'm like, if your kids don't like him or her, then there's a reason. And I would really be open-minded to hear what your child has to say. Um, usually a loner also. They don't have a lot of friends. And if they do have a friend, it's an underling. In other words, the guy would boss that friend around. Yeah. And that friend is kind of hanging with this guy for the scraps he can get or the <laughs> side benefits. Yes. And that term is also that's called a flying monkey, actually. Really? It's, I um, yeah, it's a person that will do the dirty jobs for the main guy to get his piece of the action. Um, so they usually don't have really great friends. That's like a sub subservient, toxic person as well. Um, poor work history. You know, this is why I always tell my singles who are out there dating, you do a background check. If you think you like this guy and he seems so wonderful, by the second, third date max, do a background check. See if they are who they say they are. Um, and they can be really promiscuous sexually. To them, sex equals power. So they're going to be super charming, romantic, try to be really sexual quickly to rope you in that way. And they probably will not tell you, but you may see on the background check early behavioral problems like juvenile delinquency or jail time, uh, DUIs, domestic violence, um, threats, you know, these kinds of things on a background check. And again, they're all after fast marriages to a wealthy partner. Um, and you know, it's, it's very, there's, there's a lot of sociopaths walking around our communities, you know, they're very charming to the outside world, right. And they can be successful, but once they find, you know, the person that they are targeting, then they tend to isolate again. Um, so how do the people get conned by someone like this? You know, they're really good hearted people, you know, yeah. like this woman in the movie, you know, they're good hearted people and they target, you know, teachers, counselors, uh, judges, um, again, prominent, uh, anybody in religious uh, titles or churches, People who are forgiving and believe in giving other people second chances. Uh, they'll do anything to keep the peace. They're not argumentative. Um, sometimes they're financially dependent on this person, but other times it's usually the sociopath goes after a wealthy person. Um, you know, the victims will say, but I love him and they believe he will change. You know, he makes some mistakes. He has an affair. I swear it's the last time. It'll never happen again. And they want to believe them. And I always say this is their character. They usually keep doing that and hope you're going to keep taking them back. And hope keeps the predator going. So you're giving them any inkling of hope, then they're going to just keep coming back, coming back. Um, and you know, the victim misses the attention that they give them. Um, the sociopath will seek out a rescuer, loyal, wealthy people, um, and, and, or people who have a tolerance for cheap drama. They grew up with a lot of cheap drama themselves and they're used to toxic behavior because of the childhood background that they came from. So, the moral of that story is, you know, we have to really heal the past childhood trauma so that you're not going to attract someone like this, that you will be careful and move slowly 
you know, building the friendship first and asking a lot of questions and doing the background checks of these people. Another good description of the difference between the psychopath and the sociopath is the soci sociopath is hot-headed. Um, they're able to play, a, they're less able to play along and they're not interested in anyone but themselves. They always blame others and they have excuses for their behaviors. The sociopaths are hot-headed. They act without thinking how others will be affected. But the sociopaths are more cunning. They're cold-hearted and calculating. They carefully plot their moves. They will take their time and plan out what they want. And they're after money or status, and they're going to make that plan and take out any barriers, barriers that is in their way. Um, so they tend to be very intelligent, cunning, charming, good at mimicking emotions. They're going to fake emotions, and they pretend to be interested in you. But in reality, they probably just don't care. So think of them like a skilled actor, you know, that will manipulate people for personal gain. So, um, yeah, those are some of the differences there. And what what do you think? I mean, I don't know whether you know the exact stats, but what do you actually genuinely think the the percentages are of people in our society that are? you know, fitting those descriptions, Brianna, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on that. On dating world, they say it's like one in five. Yeah. Because so it, the uh, odds, you know, meeting someone, like I happened to marry two sociopaths and I, you know, didn't go out looking for one. It just happened to be from my own childhood trauma and the dynamics of, you know, my dad not being home much and, you know, the abandonment piece of my childhood, you know, these charming guys would come along and that's what they did. You know, the one stole 200,000 from my mother when I was only 24 years old and had wow. two daughters and took me 16 years to pay her back, you know, so it was uh, very difficult for me. And this is why I have a lot of empathy for anyone that's been on the dumb side of a sociopath or psychopath. But the thing is, we can't stay in victim mode. We can't stay angry. We have to take what we learned and, you know, turn the bad into the good and heal the trauma so we don't choose someone like this again. Absolutely. And what 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 do you think is the ratio between men who are likely to display those traits versus women because obviously we know that women can can be narcissistic and and, and fit yes. those molds as well yes. don't we yes well living in florida and being a therapist down here i have seen numerous businessmen pawned by foreign women coming in and looking to marry them and these are the men that aren't particularly attractive that they target who have a lot of money and they are just kissing up to them and telling them how wonderful they are and how gorgeous they are. And they use sex to get them in. And then they use trying to pregnant. And then the guy marries them. And then the men are miserable. Mm -hmm. So this is a very, very typical pattern that I have seen in South Florida. So I don't know the exact statistics at this moment in time, what women are to men. They always said men were so much more. But I have seen so many examples of female sociopaths using men down here that I just say everyone who's single has to be really careful in dating world. And that's why you have to get educated. 
Everyone thinks, oh, there's no skills to dating. You just go out and date. That could be further from the truth because yeah. what's happening is everyone falls in love by chemistry, right? Oh, she's hot. He's hot. I'll, I like her. Well, you know, that's the absolute worst way to fall in love, <laughs> you know? So, and then you realize that you were taken advantage of and now you're locked in and it gets worse and worse. And it usually comes from polar or borderline personality disorders also. So to understand those two, borderline is what I call, you know, real erratic moods, uh, fast trigger anger, high control and jealousy. Uh, when they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid and you never know what you're going to get. So it's a very, very difficult person to love and stay married to. And I always say to someone, as soon as you find out you're conned, get the hell out. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to fix it. Don't keep believing what they, they tell you they're going to do because it's not going to change. And it only usually gets worse. And what happens is uh, they get into this pattern of what we call RRS, relationship repetition syndrome. So that can come out two ways. One your conscious mind knows this person's no good for you. So you break up, but then seven to 10 days later, you start missing that person and they start sending you flowers and apologies. And again, trying to manipulate you to get back in. And then they do, and they're good for a while. And then it's going to happen again. So it is this repetitive cycle. And the research shows the breakup and get back together for that is about seven times. So they get together, break up, get together. It's a wow. mess. Yeah, it's a real mess. And then the other RRS is being with someone, breaking up, finally get loose. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to read 300 self-help books. And then I'm going to know exactly what to do. And they attract another person just like them. So it's like, and that's why I had a question. Why am I attracting them anyway? Mm. What am I doing wrong? I'm a nice lady. I work hard. I'm a great mom. I'm smart, you know, successful in business, struggling in love. It's like I am my ideal client. <laughs> That's why I relate to them so well. But not anymore. I have a fabulous boyfriend now who's the greatest guy ever. Um, but, you know, what happens is, you know, you're not really getting what's wrong. Why that attraction factor is leading you to that. And that's what led me to the research of trying to figure out that answer. The seven therapist friends of mine did not have the answer. And that's where I uncovered, like in 2011, 2012, the impact of childhood trauma mm. impacting us on our future relationships. And then I just kept doing more research. And that went into my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like amazing. I got to take this message to the world. So that's when I went from a private practice therapist to a global life and trauma recovery coach and started helping people understand what they were doing wrong, why their picker was off and, you know, not to keep repeating these patterns and not falling in love by chemistry, you know, looking deeper and taking your time and really asking the right questions when you're out on a date. So you can easily identify, is this an emotionally healthy person in front of me or not? Mm. And we know exactly why or why not. Excellent. You do fantastic work, Rihanna. I really, really admire Thank you. you. And for me, I suppose what I'm 
been seeing, especially on social media platforms, is women mainly jumping on the bandwagon. Um, obviously, within that, some guys as well of labelling their partner a narcissist when they don't actually understand, you know, all these traits and and what 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 they actually are and. And probably they've just met a partner that's probably got a few bad behaviours, but they're not necessarily narcissists or sociopaths. Um, and as you said, you know, probably one in five people probably are, but means that, you know, in on other statistics, 80% of people are not. And I think, you know, it's easy to jump on the bandwagon and just because you have, you know, some sort of disagreement with your your partner. Um, yes. Instantly it tends to be a buzzword. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a narcissist. Well, you don't really know. And there's actually, you know, six types of narcissists. So you don't, do you know what type of narcissist it is? For example, there's one called somatic and they're obsessed with their bodies, youth and appearance. So let's look at all the women and men coming on for the camera on TikTok, okay. Will we call that narcissistic? Probably. They're mm -hmm. all about what do I look like? Am I beautiful? Am I perfect? Okay, that is a, a form of narcissist. Then they're the cerebral type. That subtype is the know-it-all. I have all the answers. You're dumb. I'm smart. You know, trying to you know uh, convince everyone that they have the right answers. Those kind of people can be really annoying. That is cerebral type. Then there's the classic narcissist. They just act grandiose, better than everybody else. And that's the typical narcissist I think people would think of. Um, then there's communal. Communal is like a community do-gooder. And they're not bad people, but it's all about what can they do for the community so they stand out and others idolize them. Okay. Then there's the malignant. And that's the worst one. That's the narcissist that goes into sociopathic behavior. So that's what we call the toxic one. Highly manipulative, exploit others, always for their own pleasure or profit. And that is also then when we go one step deeper, that's called a sadistic narcissist, like sadist, right? They take pleasure in hurting others and they always like control. So the malignant, sadistic, narcissist is the most damaging um then there's one that's called cover they do things more in a hidden way they're more vulnerable so the vulnerable type is more introverted but they act really fragile and they act like um they're you know they're more of a victim kind of thing and then the covert narcissist does all these things in secret <laughs> so they're conning people in secret. They're not conning people so anyone would notice, right? So there's the cohort narcissist. And then the inverted one is the one with the victim mindset. They suffer from childhood abandonment issues, but they're always seeking attention like, feel sorry for me, feel sorry for me, you know, or my pain is worse than your pain. You know, you go into some of the self-help rooms, AA, they're all trying to beat each other's stories out. Like, yeah. no, feel sorry for me more, you know? So that's the inverted where that victim mentality. So there's all kinds of narcissists out there. And that's when people say, oh, he's a narcissist. Do you really know what you're talking about? You know, because this is deep mental health work. And, you know, people should not be diagnosing other people unless you truly know what type and subtypes that they are from various behaviors. 
And the psychopath has four different facets, it's called, four different sides. Um, there's factor one and factor two. So factor one is more interpersonal about affect or emotions. So under that, there's two divisions. One is interpersonal. So that's pathological lining, the conning, manipulative, uh, charm, and grandiose self-worth. That's interpersonal. Part two under factor one is affect, meaning lack of remorse or guilt. And they hurt someone. They have no empathy. They're callous. Their failure to accept responsibility for actions. Now let's go over to division two or factor two, which is social deviance. <laughs> so uh, category three is under lifestyle. They're prone to boredom. They seek excitement. This is the one that lives a parasitic lifestyle. They pick some grand person and they, you know, they idolize them or follow them or get into that social circle. They're very impulsive and they're very irresponsible. And then the fourth facet is antisocial. And this is the one that is the worst under psychopathy. They have poor behavioral controls, early behavioral problems, juvenile delinquency. That's where you're going to see a more longer history of getting in, into problems and trouble and criminal versatility. So you're going to see some criminal actions under that facet four psychopathy. So a psychopath could have one or two of those and not three and four. You know, so it's a very different diagnosis of, you know, is it a narcissist, sociopath, or psychopath? So you really need to, you know, if you think you have this kind of partner, then you really should get some mental health because this is a very difficult person to be in love with or suffer the wrath of their control and jealousy. And these are the type that if you do divorce them, they will make you suffer and wait and charge as much money as they can to just really punish you for leaving them. Fascinating yeah. stuff. <laughs> you really know your your subject on that. It's it's fascinating, and I uh, hadn't realized there were so many, you know, um, different categories of um, narcissistic and uh, sociopathic traits yeah it can be quite confusing because you know you could have one facet from one and one from the other um and it really doesn't matter when i'm more with the client to exactly identify who the partner was because i usually don't meet the toxic partner i'm just helping them heal from what they went through mm. but you know somebody will often say i have a narcissist they tell me three or four things i'm like no you had a sociopath because that sociopath used you for pleasure, profit, lifestyle, advancement. And that's what I had. I had a sociopath who used me to get to money. Mm. That is a sociopath. Clear definition, right? Yes. And then the psychopath part that would never apologize, you know, and, you know, all impulse, bad impulse. And, you know, so you have to look at all the different degrees of what that partner was, but long story short, if you're identifying that listeners in who you're dating or married to, and especially if children are a part of this equation, get yourself out of it. There is life on the other side of a breakup or divorce. You know, there is healing. The most important thing is don't think you can read a self-help book, then go back out there because you might repeat that pattern just like I did. It's a very subconscious deep pattern from childhood situations, which we call childhood trauma, 
or experiences. And we got to get you back to listen to Lynn's show with me. I don't remember what number that was, Lynn, that we did before on childhood trauma. No, but um, anybody that sort of looks you up, Rihanna Milne, um, on my podcast will be able to find it easy enough. Yeah, we go deep into what are the top 10 childhood traumas. So make sure you listen to that because that will bring this situation into more um, more sense. It'll make more sense for you as to why you may be attracting a narcissist or sociopath. And there's various combinations. You know, there are, I talk about the top 10 traumas. But again, um, once I do a discovery session with someone, it's really individualized to what they went through. And then I coach them in a very individualized way because person A will not be the same as person B or C. So they can't have the same coaching, right? It's very individualized to what their experiences were. And on that note, Rihanna, what, what is your best contact information? Should any listeners want to reach out and connect with you? The best place to find me is my website. It is my name, rihannamilne.com. And on there, you can take the four free love tests. And one of them is, do you have childhood trauma? And then at the top of the homepage is a free ebook, how to have the love you deserve. And I talk about how these traumas impact you in various areas of life, love, and business. And then my podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Mill. And I think I have 120 shows out there now. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Rihanna. That's been fascinating. I've really enjoyed that conversation and really learned a lot myself. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure with you, Lynn, and thank you, listeners. And listeners, I just want to remind you, now is the time to create that life you desire and have the love you deserve. Don't wait, because you're worth it. Absolutely. 100% second that. And just leads me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts until next time goodbye for now thanks for listening to the hearts entwined podcast you can follow lynn via the facebook group two hearts entwined or search lynn smith inspirational speaker at linkedin or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com that's l-y-n at hearts dash entwined.com remember true love starts with opening our hearts